Thanks for checking out the Christian Life Austin podcast. If this is your first time listening, make sure to check us out at clcaustin.com for more info on how you can connect with us. We trust that you will enjoy today's message. Thank you for listening. I want to preach today. I want to preach today on something that I just think is a good time to preach it. It's just a good time because this is what I call dream season. There's hunting season. There's fishing season. I don't take advantage of any of them. We have a season of winter, season of spring, season of summer, season of fall, four seasons, and we all live those seasons. But there come seasons in our life, and we have seasons. The Bible spoke of seasons. And, and there's a season right now that we're moving into a fortnight away from Easter, and we're excited about Easter already. But this is dream season. It's dream season. So I, I want to speak today on this subject, talking about uh, significance. I want to talk about keep the dream alive. I want to talk about keep the dream alive. <laughs> you must continue to dream. Amen. Turn to someone and say, I'm going to help the preacher. <clears throat> and you may be seated. And you're awesome people, and if the devil tells you different, he's lying, and I'm telling the truth. I love dream preaching. I love to preach to the vision of an individual or a church because it seems to make the entire place resonate with the Lord's bright plans for the future. Jesus has a plan for his church, and we are a wonderful part of his church. I still love to speak words that Jesus spoke to his disciples one night around the campfire when he said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God's church is here to stay. It's not going away. It's not even sick. It's not weak. It's not inert. It will not go down, will not be defeated. It is destined to fly both now and then. But the shelf life of dreams sometimes are way too short because dreams can die. Yolanda Adams, a few years back, provides a remedy. She said, keep the dream alive. Don't let it die. If something deep inside keeps inspiring you to try, then don't stop. And never give up. Don't ever give up on you. Never. For dreams to live, folks, we must keep them alive. God's word agrees with that. Acts 2 and 17 says, I love this, old men shall dream dreams. Now, I dream sometimes, but he said, you're going to dream dreams. There's a double dream there. In other words, you're going to dream specific things about your life and about your future. I admit I have a problem today. Not only am I a bluebell holic, and I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still on the wagon. I, I, uh, I haven't messed up. I hadn't sinned and come short in the last couple of months. But I'm a Victor Hugo-holic. One great writing by an author like Victor Hugo, and you've got this man's heart reeled in. Victor Hugo was a French romanticist that wrote almost the entire 19th century, and he wrote classics such as Autumn Leaves and The Great Hunchback of Notre Dame and my favorite, Les Mis, Les Miserables. It was one of the longest-running musicals on Broadway. It had 6,680 performances, and it finally said goodbye a few years back. But then they made a movie about the same situation. It was made and went to the top of movie watching, and many of you probably have it in your library right now at home. The play, the movie, like the book, asked the simple question. When life gets rough and when dreams die, 
Does God really care? The character who best asked that question in Hugo's work was a girl named Fantine. She was a young mother who had fallen on hard times. With a baby born out of wedlock, Fantine was forced to hide the baby in a factory or risk losing her job. For those in this predicament, there is a fine line, folks, between getting by and going under or getting over it. Her secret was finally discovered. Her life devolves downward. She winds up on her deathbed. And the mayor of the town, (laughs) former convict, Jean Valjean turns benefactor and visits Fantine and promises to look after her daughter. But before Fantine's passing, she sings a bitterness that she's found in life. I trust you haven't found this kind of bitterness. And how nothing turned out as she dreamed it would. It goes something like this. I dreamed a dream as time goes by. I wish I could sing it because it's a beautiful song. When hope was high and life was worth living. I dreamed that love would never die. I dreamed that God would be forgiving. Then I was young and unafraid, and dreams were made and used and wasted, and there was no ransom to be paid, no song unsung, no wine untasted. Then she said, but the tigers come at night, and with their voices soft as thunder, they tear your hope apart, and they turn your dreams to shame. I had a dream my life would be so different than the hell I'm living, so different now from what it seems, so life has killed the dream I dreamed. Pretty negative. But like Fantine, each of us possesses such a dream. Call it a vision. Call it a desire. Call it a sense of destiny. Call it a lark, a wish, a hope, whatever. I will say this. A dream is as needful to your existence as the air that you breathe right now. Because without a vision, without a dream, people have a way of losing hold on life. I want to speak three little points here to you today, if I may. And uh, I'm, I'm through with my poems, I think, but I want to preach three, three little points here to you today. Only a dream makes life livable. Do you hear me? Only a dream makes life livable. Great men in the Bible were dreamers. Jacob dreamed. Angels climbing a ladder between heaven and earth affected his mind in Genesis 28. His son also, Joseph, dreamed. He put it in his son. Dad, if your son's going to inherit anything from you, let it be a dream and visionary spirit from you. Don't be a dead-end dad. Be a man that dreams even when you're older and even when you have grandkids. Nebuchadnezzar dreamed and Daniel interpreted his dream and then Nebuchadnezzar forgot his dream and it cost him his life for the space of about seven years. See, life becomes impossible without a dream. Paul said in Romans 8, we are saved by hope. You believe that? We're saved by hope. Hope saves us. A dream rescues us. There's a nurturing power to this thing called a dream. And to dream is the human capacity to believe things can be different than the way they were or the way they are. What is faith? Faith is in the daytime, a dream is in the night. To have no dream is to be lifeless. It's a candle blown out by an evening breeze. It's the sparks extinguished in a person's eye. It's the curtain drawn over a human soul. How many many of you folks ever read in high school Great Expectations, Charles Dickens' novel, Great Expectations? You remember the eccentric elderly lady who lived in seclusion named Miss Haversham? Miss Haversham had been deserted at the altar on her wedding day. And she lived only to gain revenge against men in general and one man in particular. Her life stopped the day that she was to be married. Oh, she was still alive. Yeah. But her dream had died. She continued to wear her wedding dress for the rest of her life. 
And the hand of each clock on her house was halted at the hour that she should have been married. And Dickens, Charles Dickens put his finger on the fragile truth found within the hearts of humans when he said, without a dream, life becomes impossible. Saul of Tarsus was a man that was blinded on the road to Damascus and heaven revealed that his dream of zealous orthodoxy was only an illusion. Everything he had lived for had been shattered. But while lying blinded in a house in downtown Damascus, Paul must have felt like his life his life was taken, had taken his only dream. It was then he heard the opening of a door, followed by the shuffle of sandal feet. Approaching his bed, was it friend or was it foe? But the first words out of Ananias' mouth were, Brother Saul. How do you think that made a miserable man feel that thought his dream was over? He knew that somebody cared when his dreams had died. I want to preach to somebody today that even if your dreams have died, There is someone in this pulpit today that still cares if your dreams have died in your life right now. And I will approach you as a brother and sister and tell you, you can dream again. You can dream again. You can dream again. Don't let your dream die. Ananias told how God had spoken to him and told him that Paul was a chosen vessel. And he said, you'll bear his name before the Gentiles. When Saul's sight recovered, the dream remained. And that dream made life worth living for the apostle. The dream caused him to seek and apprehend the one who had apprehended himself. So I ask you today, what is your dream? I ask you today, what is your dream? Is it to see the wrong righted? Is it to see justice done or mercy shown? Is it to see the fallen on their feet again? What is your dream today? What is your dream? Do you have a dream? Your reply should be quick. For a dream is the only thing that makes life livable. Dreams not only make life livable, but life tries to kill dreams. Let me preach now. I'm going to start preaching. Even nominal Christians are familiar with Romans 8 and 28. Most could at least quote the essence of it. It says simply all things work together for good. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? You believe when things go bad, it's really for your good? You believe when things are are, are not right, it's still for your good? You still believe that? Do you believe that when things, are go, when things go bump in the night that it's still really for your good? Yet reading on in the same chapter, Paul tries to describe the various elements of life which attempt to rob us of the love of God that he has for each of us. In Romans 8, 38 and 39, he says, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. But although these things will not succeed, Paul admits that all these things will try to separate you from the love of God. To peel us away from the dreams we have in Christ Jesus. But if it ever was a day that we should dream, it ought to be right now. If your dreams have been shattered, if they have been broken. Like someone told me about two weeks ago, said, Pastor, I thought I had a dream life ahead of me. But the dream has been shattered. And I was able to look at that person and say to them, your dream can live again in Jesus Christ. People may disappoint you, but Jesus will never disappoint you. People may fail you, but Jesus will never fail you. People may walk away from you, but Jesus will never walk away. In fact, when they're walking out is when he's walking in. 
I promise you, if you put your hope in God, your hope will not fail in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Life tries to kill dreams. One man wrote, I walked beside the evening sea and dreamed a dream that could not be. The waves that plunged along the shore said only, dreamer, dream no more. Dreamer, dream no more. That's what life would like to do. Life would like to kill the dreams. Perhaps my calling in life leads me to the shadow side of life more than I would like. It really does. Discouragement and faces. I'm out there on the porch to hug you, to make you smile, and to give you joy on Sunday morning. There's nothing, there's nothing sexy about that hug. There's nothing political about that hug. There's no strings attached to that hug. And it's fat free. But I know one thing. I know people live real lives. Let me preach. And discouragement that I see sometimes in faces on Sunday. And disillusionment that I see that discourage people and pierce my heart. It bothers me. And the phone lines that call and say, Pastor, it's over. My marriage is over. Or the widow or the widower saying at a funeral, why do I still live and they are gone? The unasked question on people's faces, if God cares, Pastor, where is he when I'm hurting? And the best is why is that person over there being blessed while doing wrong, while I struggle while doing right? I have those questions asked. There's some things I cannot answer. There's some things just make me weep like it makes you weep. But I know one thing, and I know this without a shadow of a doubt, that Jesus said he would never leave me. He would never forsake me. But he would go with me all the way, even to the end of the world. Amen. And if I'm going to dream, I'm going to dream about what God can still do in my life. It's a season to dream. Folks, God robed himself in the flesh, came in the form of the Son of God, walked among us, healed the sick, raised the dead, opened the blind eyes, healed the deaf ears, opened the dumb tongue, made the lame to leap like a harp. Heart, amen. Brought beauty, brought beauty for ashes to people's life. And then he died for us on a cross. Then he was buried in a grave. But on the third morning, hallelujah, the stone that tried to hold him in couldn't hold him in. He came out of that grave victorious. He came out of that grave victorious. And because he lives today, I don't care what my yesterday's crushed dreams are all about. I don't care what yesterday's disasters are all about. I know one thing, I'm still gonna dream. I'm still gonna dream because God is still for me. David asked it a long time ago, but when he went to the house of the Lord, why are the, why are the wicked successful? But he went to God's house and he admitted that the house of God was his dream saver. But he calls, he saw their end and realized that they will have their end one day. Don't let your dream die. I know living in the Southwest, you may have seen a, this maybe in real life, but it's, it's called a dream catcher. They're instruments made from hoops of wood over which are woven intricate patterns or threads. The American Indians attached these to the papooses of their children. And bad dreams were supposed to be entangled in the threads and not get through, while good dreams were supposed to get through. 
Now, I know it's just an Indian thing, but I want to tell you something. God Almighty wants good dreams to come to your life. He's tired of you having nightmares in your life. He's tired of you running into, into, into walls in your life. He wants you to have great dreams in your life. He wants you to see yourself successful. He wants you to see yourself overcoming. He wants you to see yourself on top and not on the bottom. He wants you to see yourself victorious over and not crushed by. He wants you to see yourself living a victorious life, a triumphant life. He wants you to catch that dream that you can be all that you need to be and want to be in God. He wants you to say, come up here a little higher. I'm going to let you sit in heavenly places with me. He wants you to see that. He wants you to understand that I am with you and I'll be with you all. Way I will not leave you, I'll not depart from you. God wants you to see that you can live above and not beneath. So 2016, our need is not for dream catchers, but our need is for dream sustainers. It isn't hard to dream. It's hard to keep a dream alive. There's three ways, and I want you to write this down, put it on your fridge. This is refrigerator stuff right here. Number one, you've got to avoid isolation if you're going to keep the dream alive. You might have been dreams, your, your dream you've dreamed might have been born in solitude, but they're kept alive by the right company. The Bible said in Hebrews 10, 25, forsake not the sin of yourselves. As a matter of some is, the more so you see the evil day approach it. You're in a good place today, even though it's spring break and spring forward. You're in a good place today. And it doesn't matter if you don't walk out here with the need met that you need. You've got a touch of God in your life by the word of God and by the music today. Because you're, you're in a right place. You haven't forsaken the assembling yourselves together. Amen. Amen. David might have been anointed by Samuel, but his dream of a king was found by avoiding murderous Saul and being the company of encouragers. There's some things you've got to rid yourself up and there's some things you've got to attach yourself to. You need to attach yourself to God-fearing people and people that love God and people that clap their hands and have the same values that you have sitting beside you in a church, not people out there that want to destroy the values that God has established in your life. Somebody say amen to that. You've got to avoid isolation. The second thing you have to do is commit your dream to writing. The pen is mightier than the sword. And when a dream is written down, its chances of surviving increase greatly. In fact, everyone dreams, yet only 4% of people who write down their dreams usually see them accomplished. But Habakkuk told us this, to write the vision and make it plain on the tables that he may run that reads it. For he said, though the vision tarry, wait for it, it will come to pass, it will not lie. Job, I had a table of stone and an iron pen. I would engrave these words on it. I know my Redeemer liveth. And I'd throw it over my shoulder and I'd show it to everybody. Listen, you got to write some stuff down. you got to put some refrigerator news up this week and say, God touched me on Sunday in church. And I may be having a bad Tuesday, but I had God with me on Sunday. And God hadn't walked away from Sunday to Tuesday. Oh, somebody help me preach right now. God is still with you even in your low times. Dream, dream, dream. And don't let the dream die in your life. Avoid isolation. Write the dream down and then live it, live it, live it. Live the dream. Everybody say, live the dream. You got to live it. You got to get up every day. You got to get up every day. Somebody asked me how I went through the tragedy that I went through. I said, I made me a list of things to do every day and it was five things and here they are. You ready? I got to get up. I got to get up. First thing you got to do is get up. It's pretty simple. You got to get, get up and get your feet on the floor. Not just say, well, I'm awake. No, 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 not, not wake up. Get up. 
Make your bed up and say, I'm not getting in that bed till this night. I, I'm up. I'm up. Get your shoes on. Second thing you got to do is you got to make a plan. You got to make a plan. Okay, what am I going to do today? Well, I'm going to sit around and mope. No, I'm not going to sit around and mope. I'm going to do something today. Third thing you got to do is you got to execute the plan. Amen? Boy, I could preach on this. Fourth thing you got to do is complete the plan. Then you go home and drink your lemonade. And say it's been a good day. The next morning, you got to get up. You got to make a plan. You got to execute the plan. You got to complete the plan. Then go home and drink lemonade. You got to get busy in life. Because if you lay around and just start thinking about how bad the world is, you're going to get in the mully grubs and you'll be at the bottom of the sea. You got to stand up and say, I'm going to get up today. I'm going to have a plan today. I'm going to execute that plan today. I'm going to complete that plan today and I'm going to go home and drink lemonade. God is for people that get up in the morning. Dream, dream, dream. And the third thing I want to talk about, Lord, I'm preaching too long, is God is able to revive dreams. See, it isn't unusual for young men to dream dreams. That's really when, that's when you, when you dream. I remember dreaming when I was a young man. Young men and dreams are virtual synonyms. But in our text, God promises that dreams will, be, will come to the elderly. Anybody 55 years and older here, men? I want all the 55-year-older men stand up right now. Stand up. Just men, not women. Just men, stand up. Just men, 55 and older. Don't lie to me. Don't you sit down and be 56. Don't you do that. All right? Amen? All right, say, I. Clap your hand. I will continue to dream. I will continue to dream. I will continue to dream. Sit down. You're a wonderful man. If some of you men, young men or young women are looking for mentors in the church, there they are, 55 and older, great men of God, because they're still dreaming. Old men in dreams are almost anonyms. But when the elderly dream, it's a God moment. He does it by working in his spirit through us. Ephesians 3 and 20, I love this in the message, said God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. <laughs> he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Hear me. God still gives songs in the night. He gives dreams. He renews dreams. He restores vision. Victor Hugo asked the question, how do I know God cares? The answer, God still revives dreams. What he authors, he finishes. Let me tell you a beautiful story. His name was Frederick Nolan. He fled from his enemies during a time of persecution in North Africa. And one night he fell exhausted in a wayside cave and he had given up. He expected to look up any moment and see the faces of his enemies leering over him. Resigned to facing death with dignity, Nolan sat down at the back of the shallow cave awaiting his pursuers. And as he watched the entrance, a spider fell across the cave opening and began to spin a web, a spider. And within minutes, that tiny arachnid had, had woven a beautiful silky network across the entire entrance of the cave. And not long after, Nolan's pursuers arrived and stopped at the opening of the cave. And although footprints disappeared into the cave, the men thought it impossible for Nolan to enter the cave without breaking the spider's web. So they left the cave and Frederick Nolan escaped. Later, Nolan wrote these words in his journal. You ready? He said, where God is, 
A spider's web is like a wall. But where God is not, the wall is but a spider's web. I will tell you that God is with you today. Keep dreaming. Because where God is, a spider's web is like a wall. God is into weaving dreams in a person's life. God cares because he revives and restores our dreams. Amen. I got a picture I want to flash up here. Here's a high school senior, this young man. This young man right here was named Monty. Still is. And all he thought about was horses and training. And one day in a class, the teacher asked everyone to write their dream of what or where they wanted to be in 10 years. He was 18 years old. And Monty wrote his seven-page thesis in less than two hours. And he knew what he wanted, and he knew how he wanted it. He had dreamed of it for a long time in his whole young life. And here's what he wrote. In 10 years, I want to live on a 200-acre ranch. I want to live in a $200,000 home. This was way back in the 60s. Make over $100,000 a year. Have over 100 horses. Be a world-class horse trainer. When the teacher saw his paper, she gave him a huge big red elf. Wrote on there, go home and rewrite the paper. Reason? Your dreams are overinflated. Make them more palatable. So he went home, looked over his paper for three hours, tried to make changes. But on Monday, he turned his paper back in. Same paper, not a new one. Looked at the teacher and said this phrase, Ma'am, I respect you as a teacher. And I like you as a person. And I enjoy your class. But I'm going to ask you to keep your elf. And I'm going to keep my dream. His name is Monty Roberts. They made a movie out of him called The Horse Whisperer starring Robert Redford. That's the real man right there. Here's what I want to tell you. He still, he still, he still coaches and, 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 and does the, the Queen's horses in, in England. He, he's, he's around the world unless he's died in the last month or so. But here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to speak to you today. There's sometimes you have to look the world right in the eye and say, world, you're trying to kill my dream. Devil, you're trying to step on my thought process. But you keep your grade of who I am. I'm going to keep the dream of what God says I am. I am a child of God. I am important to the kingdom of God. I have significance. Oh, hallelujah. I matter. I matter. I matter. And I'm going to keep the dream alive. I'm not going to let it die. Let me hush. This is dream season. It's dream season. Dream, 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 dream. I love the story of a little racehorse in the 30s named Sea Biscuit. There's a sequence in a movie of that great horse that was scheduled to run against a much larger, more powerful horse, which was thought to be unbeatable. His name was War Admiral. But the jockey and the trainer knew Sea Biscuit well, and they knew that Sea Biscuit was at his best when he was challenged. So they'd made a plan. If Sea Biscuit jumped off the, off the blocks and out of the gate, and took the lead, they were going to try to, at the halfway mark, try to draw him back to so that War Admiral would come up on him. Sure enough, the race started just the way they thought. The horse jumped out. War Admiral, in a little while, came up because Seabiscuit's jockey was pulling back on him and slowing him up just a little because Seabiscuit was the better horse that day. And when War Admiral got up beside him and they rounded the turn and they saw the finish line 300 yards away, 
All of a sudden, the jockey gave that horse his rein again, and Seabiscuit spurted toward the finish. And it was said that the jockey looked at the jockey on War Admiral and said, So long, Charlie. I'll see you at the finish line. <laughs> Here's what I want to tell you. There is something in this season that wants to kick us toward the finish. And it's called this resurrection season. Jesus Christ wants everybody in this house to know something. That you can finish what he started in your life. He is able to complete what he's begun in your life. And you can finish. Do you see the finish line? Do you see hope? Do you see redemption in your life? Do you see a revival of joy in your home? Do you see victory in Jesus? Do you see healings for the masses? Do you see God's church at the apex in the last days? All these things should be a yes in your life. Because God has got a church that's moving forward in this last hour. And this church is a part of that church. And we're moving on with victory and power and honor. And, and in just a little while, we're going to wave goodbye to the jockey on the world's horse and say, Goodbye, I'll see you at the finish line because I'm going to finish this race. I'm going to finish what God has started in my life. And I'm going to keep my dream alive today. I'm going to keep it alive. I will keep it alive. I will keep it alive. I will keep it alive. I woke up early this morning and I, 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 called, I called a friend of mine, somebody I know real well. Had a long visit with him, about three minutes. My friend's a pastor. I knew I couldn't take a lot of his time. Had a tragedy in his life several years ago lost some people I understand so I asked this question do you still dream or have you quit dreaming Whew. and my friend said back to me I didn't think I'd ever dream again but I'm dreaming I'm dreaming in fact, I'm having the best time of my life right now. And I said, well, go preach. Go preach the gospel then today. Reach out there and tell the people that Jesus loves them and there's no place like church and no, no God like Jesus Christ. Go tell them. And my friend said, I'll do that. And my subconscious hung up the phone. And the preacher showed up today. And I'm still dreaming. 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 I know you that have been here a while have heard me talk about it, but 35 years ago today was my tragic moment. But 35 years later, I'm still dreaming. I'm still dreaming. <laughs> I'm not going to let my dream die. I'm not going to let my dream go away. It still matters to me that people get saved. It still matters to me that people get healed. It still matters to me that people find Jesus. It still matters to me that you're blessed when you come to church. It still matters to your pastor that somebody still loves you enough to give everything they have every Sunday morning. It still matters. Oh, oh!
Quit searching for it. You are significant. The secret is out. You are somebody today. You are somebody today. And you matter, you matter, you matter. Clap your hands real big. Clap your hands real big. And that concludes today's message. Please visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.